slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders skate away with a dramatic 4-3 win in overtime over the Boston Bruins. We will discuss that game in its entirety, break it all down for you on today's show. We also have a preview of Saturday's game in Pittsburgh against the Penguins, and we have a our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Wednesday and every Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern Time to get in on the action, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Islanders get a big overtime win, and I'll tell you, this was a surprise after, if you watch that first period, unbelievable that the Islanders were able to win this game for the second game in a row, Anthony Bavillier coming up big and helping the Islanders win this game. We will discuss that and a whole lot more on today's show, including a question from a listener, so we'll get to that a little bit later as well. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you've got a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings about your New York Islanders. I also live tweet during almost every game, although this Saturday will be one of those rare games that I'm not able to uh, live tweet during. But uh, pretty much every other game, I'm, I'm going to be there and be tweeting live with instant analysis for you. What a game. Uh And I'll tell you, the thing that impressed me the most about this Islanders win over the Bruins, if you saw that first period, it was just awful. Uh, Islanders outplayed. They seemed a step slow. They were outshot in that period 10 to 6, but that doesn't even tell you how one-sided the period really was. The Islanders were losing almost all of those 50-50 battles, and that's something you never like to see. They were behind two to nothing, and taking foolish penalties. One of the goals was a power play goal, and it, it just looked like here were the Bruins. They had had two games postponed because of covid and they looked rested and ready and in the groove. 
And the Islanders, who had not missed any games recently because of COVID, looked lethargic and slow to react. And, you know, the reason that they took so many penalties is because they weren't moving their feet. They weren't skating well. They they were out of position as a result of that. And then they had to take penalties to try to stop the Bruins. So after 20 minutes, it looked bleak for this Islanders team. And yet, this team's resiliency continues to be a major reason why they are in first place in the East Division now. In the second period, things got a little better, and J.G. Pajot got his 100th career NHL goal, his 11th of the season, Mayfield and Kamarov with the assists, and the Islanders got closer, and it's 2-1. to one. And then you head into the third period, and the Islanders get a tying goal from Josh Bailey, a go-ahead goal from Oliver Wallstrom, and you think, wow, hey, there's less than three minutes left in this game. We're going to come out with this 3-2 to regulation win, and then uh, a breakdown. Anders Bjork ties it. Uh, kind of blows by Scotty Mayfield, who had a bit of a rough game uh, last night, and yet in overtime, just 21 seconds into overtime, Anthony Bavillier with the game winner off a really good play by Nick Letty, who took the shot, and the rebound is just sitting there, sitting there, and for what it was worth, Bo uses his speed, pokes the puck home, and the Islanders skate away with the 4-3 overtime win, and that's exactly what you need. And again, the Islanders overall, even though they didn't have their A game, came away with this win on the road against a quality Bruins team. And I'll tell you, uh... This is the thing that good hockey teams are able to do. When you don't have your A game, you manage to find a way. And look, great game for J.G. Pajot. A goal, two assists, a plus two. He gets the job done. And Wallstrom comes up with that big clutch goal. And I got to say this. Nick Letty, a plus three in this game. Two more assists for Nick Letty. Who is second on the Islanders in points this year? Nick Letty. And that's despite the fact that he has only one goal in 34 games. But he has a team high 22 assists. And Nick Letty is one of those players that doesn't get enough recognition for what he brings to the table what he does on the power play, what he does with the puck. He's competent in his own zone, sometimes even pretty good in his own zone, and he has great vision, sees the ice well, and is a terrific passer. So you get performances from your Pajots and your uh, Wallstroms and your Lettys and even Simeon Varlamov, who wasn't on his A game, battled through a slow start 
came up with some key clutch saves in that third period and got the job done when it mattered most. What what can you say that, you know, this team doesn't give up, does not panic when they fall behind, and finds a way to get it done when when it matters most? And, hey, you play a good team on the road, you don't have your A game, you fall behind 2-0 after a terrible first period, you blow a 3-2 lead with less than three minutes left in the game, and then you still find a way to get the two points. And I'll tell you, giving up one point to the Bruins, who are now 11 points behind the Islanders, isn't as bad as it would be if this was Washington or Pittsburgh, the two teams that are right behind the Islanders in the standing. So we've got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day. We'll preview the game in Pittsburgh on Saturday. And coming up right after the break, we've got a great question from one of our listeners. So stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, the football season may be over, but baseball season's just around the corner. The NBA and NHL are in full swing. And of course, we are going through March Madness as we speak. And Bet Online also covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. A couple of uh, quick observations from the game last night before we get to our listener question. One thing... uh, Matthew Barzal continuing to struggle right now, and no no points, just one shot on goal, had, uh, you know, again, a couple of questionable plays where he just turned the puck over, trying to do too much, and it is obvious to me right now that after going 10 games this right now without a goal, Barzal is pressing. And when you try to do too much, that's when you take foolish penalties. That's when you turn the puck over. And that's when you get into trouble. So, you know, right now, Barzi has to realize the goals are going to come. He has to do his job and not try to do too much to cover for the fact that Anders Lee is not, uh, not one of his line mates right now, not available to play. And again... Uncle Leo, Leo Komarov, was on that first line, had an assist in the game, was a plus one, but, you know, one of the reasons I think they put Komarov on that first line is because he can be a physical presence, and there was one situation in the third period where Uncle Leo was trying to get in front of that goal and, and you know, 
get good position and try to get re deflections, rebounds, tips, whatever he could. And his effort was there. I, I credit him for the effort. But Uncle Leo just really didn't do a great job of positioning himself in front of the net. And I don't know whether he's just not accustomed to trying to do that or he was just overmatched by the defenseman on that particular shift. But after, uh, what is it now, three games that Kamarov has been on the first line, I don't think he is the long-term answer uh, or even the short-term answer at that position. So we'll keep an eye on it. All right, time for our listener question. Hi, Gil. I'm a big fan of the show. I discovered the show during the playoff run last year, and I've been listening to it ever since. I especially like the Islanders' birthday of the day. It's a unique and interesting way to revisit players from the past, both fan favorites and little-known Islanders that weren't as well-known. My question is this. If Sorokin continues his lights-out performances, would Trotz give him the nod for the playoffs, or does he go with old, reliable Varley? Would he ride the hot hand, even if that is Sorokin, for the playoffs? And that's from Phil from Long Island. So, Phil, first of all, thank you for the question, and thank you very much for the kind words and for listening. Uh, here's my thought on your question, Phil. There is still a long way between now and the playoffs. We still have about another uh, 25 or so games left on the schedule. If Sorokin is clearly outplaying Varlamov, then there is a chance that Barry Trotz starts him for the playoffs. But I will say this. Barry Trotz tends to favor veteran players, tends to like guys who have been there and proven they can get the job done. And I think it would be like this. A tie would go to Varlamov. In fact, even if it's close, I think the inclination would be that Barry Trotz would prefer to see Varley start the playoffs. But if, if Sorokin is playing lights out, if he is clearly playing better than Varley is, there is a chance that Sorokin gets the nod for the playoffs. But if I were a betting man, I would say Varlamov is the favorite to earn that spot. But the thing that I would also add is, even if it's close and Varley gets the nod, he will have a short hook come playoff time if Sorokin is playing well. That Barry Trotz is not going to allow Varley to have more than two bad games or questionable games at most before he would then switch over to Ilya Sorokin. And Sorokin is on a big winning streak right now after that. You know, he had a couple of shaky games. His first game, he wasn't even told he was going to start until, what, 10, 10, 15 minutes before the opening faceoff. So I, I think at this point, Sorokin, over the last, you know, let's say 15 games the team has played, has outplayed Varlamov, but I still think Varley gets the nod unless Sorokin is head and shoulders better than the experienced goaltender. But don't be surprised if Varley struggles that Trotz wouldn't hesitate to turn to Sorokin in Game 2 or Game 3 of a series and say, kid, it's up to you. 
because Varley isn't getting the job done. So it's a fine line. It's a very good question that you asked, and I think at the end of the day, uh, Varley is the favorite to get the starting nod, but he wouldn't, Trotz wouldn't hesitate to turn it over to Sorokin if Varley struggles. And I'll add this, uh, come next season, I think the odds of, uh, you know, I think all bets are off. Next season, Sorokin will probably have a shot at winning the starting job overall. And come playoff time, if Sorokin continues to play well, very little doubt in my mind that Trotz wouldn't hesitate to give him the starting nod in the playoffs next season. So I hope that answers your question, and thank you very much for sending it. We've got more to get to on today's show. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, plus a preview of uh, a big game Saturday night in Pittsburgh. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now is the time to find which Built Bar is the best. Yes, it's time for Built Bar Madness. And today we've got a really good matchup here as we're starting to get closer and closer to finding out who's going to win this one. It's Cookie Dough Chunk against Birthday Cake. And I'll tell you, Cookie Dough Chunk, always a favorite of mine. Uh, always been a, a, a sucker for Cookie Dough Ice Cream. And uh, the Cookie Dough Chunk uh, built Bars are really tasty. Birthday Cake, a favorite of a lot of people. It's a really tasty uh, bar, but I would have to give the edge to Cookie Dough Chunk. But my opinion doesn't matter. The vote is up to you. Go to BuiltBar.com to vote, or you can go to Twitter at Built underscore Bar. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar ever. Islander fans, get the upper hand in your fantasy hockey league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. And you can follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and this one is a former captain of the New York Islanders. Yes, today is the 47th birthday for former Islanders captain Mike Pekka, originally drafted in the second round by the Vancouver Canucks back in 1992, only played for the Canucks for one season, then moved on to Buffalo before the Islanders acquired him in 2001. He spent Three seasons with the New York Islanders, his best year, 2001-2002, where he had 25 goals and 60 points. Later went on to play for Edmonton, Toronto, and Columbus before finishing his NHL career after the 2008-2009 season. Pekka, 176 goals and 465 points in his career, and uh, also added 
97 playoff games with 15 goals and 34 points in those. A captain, a leader, a rugged forward who could also put the puck in the net, had a number of uh, 20-plus goal seasons, couple with the Sabres, one with the Islanders, and, uh, you know, one of those guys who you love to have on your team but didn't necessarily want to play against. We're going to look at one of Michael Pekka's better games with the Islanders. March 10th, 2002 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Atlanta Thrashers come to town. And basically, the Thrashers have Passy Nermanen in goal. The Islanders countering with Ozzy, Chris Osgood. And the Islanders broke out to a quick 3-0 lead in the first period. Goals by Alexi Yashin. Roman Hammerlick and Marius Tchaikovsky, Pekka assisting on the Hammerlick goal, and the Islanders were up 3-0. In the second period, the Islanders add to the lead. Michael Pekka gets his 20th of the year from Sean Bates uh, and uh, Branislav Mezzi, and it was 4-0 Islanders. Hammerlick, his second of the game, makes it 5-0 Isles after two periods. Danny Heatley... Ruins the shutout for Osgood with about five and a half minutes left in the game. But Michael Pekka answers back his second of the game from Adrian Acoin and Sean Bates. Final score in this one, the Islanders six and the Atlanta Thrashers one. A nice win for the Isles. And Chris Osgood only had to make 18 saves in this one to earn the victory. Pekka Two goals and one assist to pace the Islanders' offense. Roman Hammerlick had two goals. Oleg Kavasha and Sean Bates had two assists, and Marius Tchaikovsky had one goal and one assist. So happy birthday to former Islanders captain Mike Pekka. He ends up uh, with our Islanders' birthday of the day as we celebrate him and remember his contributions toward the New York Islanders. All right, big game coming up this Saturday, first of two straight games in Pittsburgh for the Islanders. And you look at the standings, the Islanders are four points ahead of the Penguins, and both teams have played 34 games. So no games in hand. If the Islanders can get at least three points out of these two games, that really would start to put some distance between them and the Penguins. Again, Pittsburgh's issue is goals against, although they've been getting a little bit better at it in recent weeks. They still have a dynamic offense, and they are in the top 10 in the league in goals scored. Defensively, they're now in the middle of the pack after a very slow start. Tristan Jarry and Casey DeSmith are the goaltending duo, and even though Jarry has twice as many starts, it's DeSmith who has the better numbers. Still no Evgeny Malkin for the Penguins, and that definitely does slow them down a little bit. But if you look at where they've been right now, Pittsburgh fresh off a, a couple of wins over the slumping Buffalo Sabres, 5-2 and 4-0 in back-to-back -back nights. And they've won three out of their last four games uh, 
coming into this matchup with the Islanders. Obviously, Sidney Crosby has been an Islander killer over the course of his career. He excels against the Islanders, and you hope that the duo of Pelic and Pulak can get together and slow down Sid the Kid. Jake Gunsel and Brian Rust are his line mates on the top line. The second line is Jared McCann centering Zach Aston Reese and Evan Rodriguez. Mark Jankowski is the third line pivot with Radim Zahorna and Sam Lafferty on his wings. And Frederick Goudreau is the fourth line center with Colton Sabior and Anthony Angelo on either side of him. Old enemy Chris Letang and Brad Demoulian uh, are the top defensive pairings. Cody Cece and Michael Matheson are the second pair. And then Marcus Pedersen and John Marino are the third pair. Surprisingly, Pittsburgh has struggled on special teams, and the Islanders would like to take care of that and take advantage of it. A lot of players out of the lineup, including Kasperi Kapanen, Brandon Tanov is uh, Tanev is day-to-day. -day. Malkin, we mentioned, is out. Former Islander Kevin Churchman is on the IR, as is Yuso Ricola, and Teddy Bluger also has been out of the lineup recently for the Penguins, so we have to see what they can come up with. That's going to do it for us, the Islanders. Big two games Saturday and Monday against the Pittsburgh Penguins to complete this road trip again uh, Noah Dobson will not play in either of the next two games as he gets himself back to full strength, but he is off the COVID protocol list. So uh, expect more of uh, either Thomas Hickey or Sebastian Ajo. That does it for us on today's show. We'll be back Monday with the latest as we review Saturday's game, preview the Monday night game, and have the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Want to wish everybody celebrating a very happy Passover. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!